What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you again. I needed a break. I want to get a little bit of water and then get back to what we're doing. But yeah, I was thinking this past year, uh, anybody have any plans that uh, were canceled because of the, this pandemic nonsense? Like, say, you know, I don't even mean you know little plans, but like, say, funerals or weddings or vacations, things like that, that you weren't able to do because things were shut down, you were told to shelter in place or what have you. I remember you told stay at home, save lives, this, this, and that. Well, that was what all of us were told. However, if you happen to be a former president of the United States, those rules apparently don't apply to you. Uh, as you know, Barack Obama celebrated his 60th birthday uh, recently at Martha's Vineyard. But good news, it was a scaled down event. It would only was attended by roughly 200 guests at his sprawling villa in Martha's Vineyard in this sprawling indoor tent that could be seen from space. Scaled down now, mind you. This is what could stroke this dude's ego. But this is this is what he had, and it was filled with your predictable concourse of celebrity guests that were celebrating and complete with a dance floor sprawled out over a pool. How do we know that? Well, apparently some Instagram videos went out from the DJ and some others and that were immediately taken down. But interestingly enough, in these snippets, everyone was inside unmasked. I, I, I don't know how that can be. Now, again, we were told that they were following all these protocols. They were vaccinated, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, there's this Delta variant out there. There are breakthrough cases left and right. So, you know, we're now being told to mask up. Our kids going back to school are told being, they're being told to mask up. But if you are a former president having a birthday party, apparently those rules don't seem to apply to you. Now, the predictable... Uh, trove of celebrity guests uh, showed up oprah john legend and his cackle following him and um but john legend in particular and interestingly enough about him because he was he performed and he had this little little ditty going and it, you know, to be honest i don't really know much about john legend other than he was on that uh that one singing show being a judge I couldn't tell you one thing he sings. I couldn't tell you much about him other than he just always seems to be in your face, you know, with him and his, his wife, Chrissy Teigen, who's just awful. But apparently he's a thing. Yeah, not not due to any of us extras, but, you know, he, he's a thing. But interesting, left, within the past week, he tweeted some some admonitions regarding masking and, and being vaccinated, uh, which was interesting considering his attendance at this at this event. He said, quote, being unvaccinated and or unmasked at a large indoor gathering is like literally begging to get COVID. Please don't do that to yourself, your family or your neighbors. John Legend, August 2nd, 2021. Well, within the week. <laughs> That dude showed up at Barack Obama's birthday party unmasked, indoors, and unafraid, apparently. I don't know. But, you know, it's you know, we're, we're, we're descending quickly into this 
oligarchical state where if you are rich, rich enough, if you are powerful enough, these rules don't seem to apply to you. You know, these COVID restrictions and mask mandates and what have you, they seem to apply to all the rest of us, but not to the rich and powerful. And that kind of seems to be where we're going. And I, I don't know if everybody's cool with that. I, I think that is something that we Gen Xers would find somewhat offensive. Um, but that seems to be where we're going. You know, the you know, vaccine mask mandates have you know, hit New York. Um, almost kind of a pseudo-medical apartheid. You know, as you know, minorities are are much less vaccinated on a percentage basis than other demographics. Um, it seems to be that that prohibits them from going places and doing things. I don't think that's a necessarily a good thing, but that's where we're going. Although, on a positive note, um, some major airlines in this past week rejected uh, vaccine mandates for their employees. I believe Southwest, uh, United, and some others. So maybe that's a good sign that on some level sanity is at least you know taking shape a bit. Although I did see this this one tweet by John Heyman. Uh, he's a baseball writer. You know, I'm a, I'm a you know, baseball fan, and and he tweeted particularly about Anthony Rizzo. Of course, you know being a Cubs fan, a Cubs season ticket holder. You know Anthony Rizzo is near and dear to my heart. Recently traded to the Yankees, but it was a it was a big story earlier in the year. Uh, with the you know, Chicago media were just aghast that Anthony Rizzo decided to not take the vaccine. Now, he had some reasons for it. He was pretty vague. You know, he said, among other things, it, he just wanted to you know, find out more information. He wasn't against it. If you wanted to ha- take it, that's fine. But you know, he needed more information. Now, what you may not know, Anthony Rizzo is also a cancer survivor. He survived i think it was um, non-hodgkin's lymphoma when he was you know just a you know a, a young prospect um and he when he in the boston red sox organization but now what i'm not sure of and again i'm not a doctor i'm not his doctor but is it likely or even possible that there's some kind of uh, medication regimen that he takes that would not go well with these uh, mRNA vaccines? I, I don't know. I, I don't know as much as his doctors. I don't know as much as him, but I am comfortable allowing someone like Anthony Rizzo, or really anybody, you, me, the personal freedom and latitude to make that decision for yourself. But for some reason, the media doesn't seem to want to give people that same latitude, particularly you know, athletes as, as they're, you know, getting back into their seasons. And uh, Anthony Rizzo, had, you know, while he was with the Cubs, so he, he had, you know, it was well known that he did not take the vaccine. You know, the media was aghast at that. And he's recently traded to the Yankees. Now, the Yankees have had a, a, a pretty severe bout of uh, COVID infections and breakthrough infections within their organization, even within their active roster. And the majority of which have been fully vaccinated. Although I think a lot of them took the Johnson Johnson vaccine, which we know is less effective, but they have, have had the, that go through their, their clubhouse. And Anthony Rizzo this past week tested positive for, for COVID and he is on the inactive list because of that. 
And knowing that he had was not vaccinated, the media was quick to pounce. And John Heyman, who is a you know, national baseball writer, you know, had a, a tweet out there as soon as it, it was announced that Anthony had tested positive. He said, yeah, Anthony Rizzo has tested positive for COVID-19. Just shows you the risk of going unvaccinated. And then in the same tweet said, although... You know, there many within the Yankees organization have tested positive or fully vaccinated. So, dude, what are you trying to say? It's <laughs> just you know arguing with myself in one tweet. It was so bizarre. I don't understand it. But this is this is the kind of madness that we are right now with all things COVID, all things vaccine, all things masks. Nothing makes sense. No, there's no consistency there's there's no rationale to this it's just fear and panic and and projection is just so odd and like i've said many 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 times before and i just find it so strange just because you've had this in any of these vaccines doesn't mean you won't get it doesn't mean you won't get sick and doesn't mean you can't spread it right so it's kind of like we're it's like any other flu vaccine right just because you got a flu vaccine doesn't mean you won't can get the flu doesn't mean you won't get sick doesn't mean you won't spread it but you if it's going to be some kind of protection for it then all the better have at it but this one it takes it up a notch it's it's, it's just really really strange i don't understand it i i really don't i'm i'm not anti-vaccine i'm not pro-vaccine i i think there's there are many reasons to be skeptical and concerned with this with how quick it rushed to uh, being distributed, particularly that it's not fully FDA approved yet. And everyone says, you know, the science says they're effective. The science says it's it's safe and maybe, the, but the science so far says that. But there's still a lot unknown. However, if you feel like you want to get it, by all means, go get it. If your doctor ad- advises you to get it and you're cool with that, by all means, go get it. If you don't want to get it, then don't. If your doctor says don't get it, then definitely don't. I you know follow their advice, but I, I don't understand this panic. I don't understand this weird compulsion to control and demand that everybody fall in line and get it. And maybe again, it's the Gen Xer in me that just doesn't want to be told what to do. You know, just wants to give the middle finger in return. Just say screw you. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You have at it, and we'll we'll see what happens. I just. Again, I don't get it. It's really, really, really bizarre. But alas, if you are a former president of the United States, if you're a celebrity, if you're in that oligarchical class, none of these rules apply to you. So you can have your party and have celebrities attend. Totally cool. All right. Now, along with the whole pandemic fallout nonsense, this past week, I, I, this is some, a story that I find really, really strange, and also I find really concerning. But the CDC extends the eviction moratorium, which was set to expire. Now, to be honest, I don't understand how the CDC is involved in this at all. I mean, I think I need someone to explain it to me because I just don't understand how the CDC has any authority whatsoever to tell anybody what to do at all. I mean, the CDC, as far as I'm aware, is an advising body and can 
use their expertise to give suggestions, give recommendations, and we can use that information how we want. But how the CDC, of all things, can tell landlords that they may not evict tenants, I don't get that. I don't understand where they come off. <laughs> I don't understand what what kind of jurisdiction they have over anybody's property. Uh, but it seems like that's heading certainly for a legal battle. But it's just, I find that really, really odd. And the, the uh, economical impacts of that um, are, are going to be extremely severe. Now, first things first, that th- there are legal challenges that are, are coming to that. And I, I think there are some that have some, some teeth. Again, again I'm, not a, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a legal expert, but they're just using l- logic and, and our knowledge of the Constitution. There seems to be a lot of problems with the eviction moratorium. But one of the particular legal challenges that I find very interesting is actually citing the Third Amendment. Now, the Third Amendment, as you know, is the one that prohibits the quartering of soldiers in peacetime uh, without uh, the owner's consent. And it's one that the one the one amendment, as far as I'm aware, has not has never been cited by a U.S. Supreme Court case as the main justifications for reasoning. Now, there have been a number of lower level courts and some state court decisions that have referenced it. And this is what apparently is going to give this some teeth. And I think there was a couple of cases like in the late seventies, early eighties, where this was cited um, that I, I think there were some cases where police were wanting to use uh, someone's home for you know, police purposes for stakeouts or as, as part of you know, whatever they were doing. And, you know, without warrants and you know, they were taken to court and this was cited that, you know, these, they weren't necessarily soldiers, but they were you know, agents of the government. And so they weren't able to use and quarter in, in someone's uh, private home without uh, the owner's consent. So we're, we're looking at now this eviction moratorium and the, these tenants now who are, not paying rent because, you know, for whatever reason, and they are not able to be evicted. So they are in someone's uh, property, the rental property or whatever kind of uh, setup they have, not able to be, you know, to be evicted. And also there are many of those who are also receiving assistance from the government, you know, at least until September, until the you know, COVID uh, benefits run out. So the question is, are these folks who are squatting in these, in these homes, are they agents of the government? Where Because you know, the government tells the owners they can't be kicked out. The government is giving them money to live on. Therefore, are they now agents of the government? I don't know. Again, I'm no legal expert, but it's something logically seems to have some teeth. I'm interested to see where this case goes and where the other challenges go. Um, but, you know, how, how, how far do these government agencies feel like they can go? I mean, this is the freaking CDC for Pete's sake. I mean, the CDC is supposed to be this, you know, the Centers for Disease Control is now telling 
landlords, they may not evict their tenants. I mean, where do they come off? It's just bizarre. And at what point do we resist this kind of government overreach? When, at what point do we just say, screw you, CDC, you, you may not tell me to do it. And we just don't, don't abide by it. I don't know. I mean, and how did this eviction ban even start? I, I think it was about a year ago from what I understand. And, and the, the justification at the time, which I, I, I can get, was that because of all of the quarantining, the shutdowns, everything was not open. So there were a lot of people who could not work from home, right? Their jobs were not remote and they, they had to actually physically be there. And if they weren't physically there, they couldn't do their job or they lost their job because, you know, the, the restaurants were shut down, the hotels were shut down or whatever. So that I, I, you can, you can twist my arm. You can say, okay, at no fault of their own, they're not able to work. But these restrictions, by and large, have been lifted for months and months and months. But for a number of factors, the extending of these benefits, no, in, in no small factor, obviously. But a lot of these folks have not returned to work. Therefore, are they still allowed? this grace to not pay rent. I, I don't understand the logic to it. I don't understand the justification of it. I mean, you know, the, for states who have ended federal unemployment, though, you know, they have recovered about 80% of their jobs ver- lost versus 66% of recovery for those states that have not ended federal unemployment. So clearly that that benefit is having an impact in you know, people going back to work which seems to be just this cycle. It seems to be perpetuating this want to, for this eviction moratorium. But it's just, it's really, really concerning where this is going, particularly when you consider that, you know, the, the, the assumption whenever you hear about this tends to be that, you know, it's just these greedy, rich landlords, these big corporations that have all this money and power just want to throw people out on the street. Well, I mean, that's really... Not the case. Not the case in all in all cases, and probably not the case in in, in most. In many cases, it's you know someone's uh, retirement where they have and own this property, and they're using that that uh, rental income to to supplement them through retirement. Or there are people who have relocated and have moved and haven't been able to sell their house, and so they are renting it, and now they're at a point where they want to you know sell sell their house the lease is up but they can't so now these individuals have to carry two mortgages with no rent coming in i mean who's the government to tell these people that that's what they have to do i mean screw those guys i I just don't i don't understand it Uh, it's just so bizarre i don't understand why people are so comfortable with the government just telling them what to do in every aspect of their life but it's really 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 bizarre um, now for a, for a really sad story that, that happened you know, here in Chicago this past week, there was an incident where, at a traffic stop where, you know, two cops were shot and one of them, um, uh, had died in the, in the shooting. She was a 29 year old, uh, officer. Her name was Ella French. And from what I understand, she also had a newborn at home or an infant at home. It's just really, really sad, um, you know, that it happened at all. It's the first time in a couple of years, I believe, that a, a Chicago police officer has died um, in the line of duty. 
But a couple of things reading this story um, that I found uh, bizarre. First, there was it immediately after when this news comes known, there are all the the audio of of the incident. And I I just have still not been able to bring myself to listen to it. I don't know understand people's fascination unless they're just trying to figure out what happened but uh, that was that was too much i haven't been able to you know to listen to it but they also in these stories have described uh officer french as peace officer now i don't know if this is part of mayor lightfoot's new policing program i don't know what type of impact if any that had on the nature of the traffic stop or how they approach this traffic stop versus you know, a regular patrol officer. I'm not sure. Uh, it just felt bizarre that they keep referring to her as a peace officer. I don't understand that. Um, now, cynically, I would wonder, you know, how come the um, social workers weren't called in to, to deal with the traffic stop? But, but I digress. But apparently, one of the and they, they were shot by you know two brothers, one nineteen, one twenty one, one of whom was had had been released uh, from some other incident and uh, committed another violent crime. Now Kim Fox, who's the DA here in the city, um, she has refused to try thousands of violent crimes of violent felons and. We've now seen over the past number of years what happens when you allow violent uh, criminals to remain on the streets. I understand the incarceration problem. I understand the distrust of police. I understand the disproportionate percentage of minorities who are in in, uh, prisons. I totally get all of that. But regardless of who these people are, when you refuse to try violent criminals, violent offenders in the thousands, you cannot be surprised when things like this happened. And also, if you elect people like Kim Fox and Lori Lightfoot or anybody else with a capital D behind their name, you cannot be surprised when this type of thing happens. I feel heartbroken for the family of Officer French. I feel heartbroken for her baby. But we as citizens cannot be surprised when this happens, when we continue to put these dimwits in office. Speaking of dimwits in office, another example is Governor Cuomo in New York, who has has announced his resignation from his office. Apparently, this guy's been in office since 2011. I mean, good Lord. But anyway, he, the scandal of him and his um, sexual harassment, among other things, has finally boiled to the surface with you know, different staffers who've come forward relating their stories. And investigations have come, have shown the light that said, yeah, yeah, he, he, he did do these things. And so now he's being forced to resign in disgrace. Now, my knee-jerk to that is thinking, well, great, you know, the guy's a piece of garbage, another one of these awful Democrat governors, you know, and, you know Governor, Governor Newsom, Kevin Newsom in California is facing recall. Hopefully that idiot will be, be taken out of office. And then so many other bad, you know, blue governors of blue states, you know, like 
Governor Whitmer in Michigan, uh, Wolf, I believe it is, in Pennsylvania, and Pritzker here in Illinois. She's just these awful, awful governors. You know, their their actions are, are catching up to them. Although, in Governor Cuomo's case, it's not the killing of tens of thousands of elderly uh, retirement home uh, patients who were killed because they forced uh, COVID patients into these nursing facilities. It's not the killing of those thousands of, of people, but it's being creepy and harassing uh, these female coworkers. That's, that's what did him in. Killing people is fine. Being creepy, not fine. At least that's the story that we get if we are following these, uh, these Democrat governors. Now, that, you know, there's some mourning amongst the celebrity community, so you need to be extra understanding to them uh, as they go through this difficult time. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, being Trevor Noah and you know, the ladies of The View, you know, they, a year ago they were all behind uh, Governor Cuomo. You know, the, uh, I believe Trevor Noah at one point referred to himself as a Cuomo-sexual because Governor Cuomo was so awesome. You know, there were those who were refusing to Governor Cuomo as a shadow president, and and they wished that he would would have been the one running in 2020, uh, because uh, he was he was their darling. He was the one that was doing everything right he, in the face of of all these uh, restrictions and the highest uh, COVID uh, rates in, in the country. And he was in their eyes their champion. Now to see him resign in disgrace, you have to uh, really, your heart has to go out to them. You know, Trevor Noah even tweeted out saying, um, we've uh, flattened the perv when, as Cuomo resigns. And the backlash was swift online <laughs> against Trevor Noah. Now, I, I tend to think of Trevor Noah as a talentless hack, so I take no pity in him uh, getting his his just due, but you have to read, your heart has to go out to them. I mean, they must really be struggling. Their, their darling is uh, taking a dive. But in California, we'll see what happens with their recall. I believe that's in the beginning of September. It seems to be, uh, you know, have some real weight behind it. And, you know, Larry Elder, who's a, a uh, I believe is a talk radio host out in California, seems to be picking up some steam. From the bit, little bit that I know of him, I, there's a lot that I like. I don't know his positions on everything, so who knows? I mean, he is in California, so you tend to take take that with some healthy skepticism. But for everything that I hear about him, I like a lot. Um, so hopefully this can turn out positive for California because that state is a disaster right now. Okay, so now I want to end with uh, an interesting story that I saw while I was at uh, Wrigley Field last week, uh, watching this team that I don't recognize just getting it handed to them. But as I was you know, watching there with uh, with my scorecard and my pencil and my attention waning because the game I'm watching is just awful, you know, I'm scrolling Twitter to see uh, the latest baseball news, and I saw this uh, incident in, in Colorado that got this quick attention where someone yelled a racial epithet towards a member of the Miami Marlins, and the, the condemnation was very swift. The, uh, the Colorado Rockies put out a quick statement saying, you know, we don't, you know, the person hasn't been identified, but we condemn you know, racist uh, 
using racist language in our ballpark and blah, 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 blah. And of course, all the the media hacks and the they they were quick to condemn and and we didn't know how you know that this could uh, could happen and even doubled down that this person should be thrown in jail should never be allowed to attend any sporting event ever and i mean they were everyone's trying to one up each other on their outrage so the Colorado Rockies, obviously, they're trying to do this, uh, you know, their their due diligence and investigation. Because if someone's sitting in the you know, front couple of rows in your ballpark and yelling out uh, racial epithets to people on the field, you don't want them coming back, right? So you know, people have been have been banned uh, for life from attending sporting events for much less. And well, in in, in re-listening to the audio and in and you know, finding out finding the person and and interviewing people sitting around around this guy apparently it was found out that no he wasn't yelling a racial epithet in fact he wasn't even yelling at the batter he was looking to his right and yelling towards the mascot of the Colorado Rockies whose name is Dinger the mascot of the Colorado Rockies who is a triceratop triceratops for some reason his name's Dinger and he was yelling hey Dinger and he's trying to get him to come over here. Dinger, you know, as you know, is a is a a term for home run, right? You, you had a home run, you had a dinger, whatever. He was calling for the mascot to come and get his attention. So the Colorado Rockies follow up and say, "Yeah, we did our investigation." Finds out that. He wasn't saying, and he was actually calling to the mascot, but we condemn racism in all its forms and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> you know, how many of these incidents do we have to see before we learn our lesson that rather than having some kind of knee-jerk outrage that you publish for the world to see, how about you get all the facts before you make a decision? How about you gather all the facts and evidence before you determine a course of action? I don't know how many times we have to learn this lesson in our culture, but this past week, this quote-unquote incident or non-incident with the Colorado Rockies was another reminder that we have a long way to go in that regard. So with that, I'm going to take my sip of water. I'm going to get back to what I'm doing and, and enjoy the last weekend before the kids go back to school. I'm sure we'll have much to talk about next week as far as that goes. So until, until then, uh, you enjoy the rest of your summer Gen X, and I will see you later. Shout out to Bob and Doug McKenzie. Stay cool, Gen X.